Hey everybody, this is our uh, next installment of our staff conversation series where I am talking to different members of our staff just so you can get to know people that work here at the CTC and um, so we can just check in and see how everybody's doing. So today we have the fantastic Rebecca Magnata. Hey. Hello everyone. Starting off, uh, how are you doing? I'm, I am doing pretty good actually. Things feel like they're getting back a little bit, you know, and, and I'm, I'm excited about it for the first time instead of like sort of dreading the idea of what is it going to be like when we have to go back to reality, mm -hmm. you know, because reality is trickling back in and it's not, it's not quite so bad. There's some adjustments, but it's, uh, it's not that bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's strange because we were all part of this machine that was kind of going 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 non-stop and then when it all stopped it was really hard i think for a lot of us um yeah but now getting back to it seems also daunting <laughs> oh for sure because the machine is enormous and it broke down and i have no idea how to i like i'm i know how to put the pieces back together I mean, there, somewhere, obviously, we knew before how to put the pieces together. We can do it again, but it's it's hard. It's hard when you've, like, put off your whole life for a year, you know? And and even, like, you know, we, we've been doing things at the theater through this whole past year. You've been doing things. I've been doing things. But it still hasn't been putting on a show. You know, mm -hmm. not really. It hasn't been the the average day-to-day -day reality of what we usually do. And and now it's like I, I'm I'm still at home, you know, which is which is another weird thing. It's like trying to find the balance between like, is it it's not over. I'm still I'm still here, but I'm 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 back, you know, and uh is is wacky i feel like I've, I've unloaded a lot on just question one <laughs> yeah no that's that's i think that's how we're all feeling it's like we're really i'm excited to get to the point where we're normal again yeah but we're we're getting there we have to go through we're this weird there. little space where we're kind of not yeah. normal <laughs> for like yeah, we're kind of we're, we're 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 taking care of ourselves and the theater you know <laughs> yeah trying to yeah so it's it's good though. Like I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> In general, I've just been feeling happy. You know, I, I, you know, there's still some stuff that's difficult, but future is looking pretty bright. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, that's the thing to hold on to is it it's looking pretty bright. So I feel yeah. um, very happy to be um, part of the theater and that we're all we're moving forward. So you know, it's good. <laughs> um, can you describe? your job at the theater, what do you do? I can try my best. Um, so, <laughs> so I am the graphic designer and scenic designer as my official title. As far as like officially like, what do I do? I'm in charge of everything that gets printed and painted is the way I've put it for a while is postcards, uh, posters, brochures, invitations to events, sets, uh, you know, other things that, uh, t-shirts getting printed, that's kind of both, actually. And I think that, uh, you know, that tickets, whodunit cards, <laughs> all sort of fall under my, my jurisdiction. 
so to say, but there's a lot of stuff that I do. I mean, more and more over the past, uh, not this past year, but the, the year before and the year before that, I've been taking on sort of more of a, a mentorship like role to different interns who have been coming in and helping me. So uh, that's definitely something that I do too. you know, make the art and inspire the youth. And that's, that's pretty much on an average day, what I'm doing at the theater. That's great. Like, how is your, has your job, well, how long have you worked at the theater? I've been a full-time employee since like May, 2017, I believe. So, so I've been like at the theater working full-time for four years or three years minus a year. Minus the year. Yeah, right. But um, but I mean, I was I was volunteering at the theater at the CTC for eight years or so before I really got hired. Um, so, I mean, I've been with the company for a long time and been a staff member for a little bit less. But they're sort of one and the same in terms of what were my responsibilities when I was a young, aspiring teenager, just excited to get my claws into something and was making posters and painting sets. So it's kind of been that way forever. I was going to ask, like, how has the job evolved over time? I think a lot of with the CTC, it's you kind of get a job and then they kind of figure out what it is. Um, I think it's like there's a need for someone to do some things. Yeah. And um, we get to the point where we can hire a person to do it. And then the job, you kind of create the job as you go. So how has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's pretty much exactly what happened when I was, you know, like two years out from graduating college, Chris was like, hot diggity, I would love if you had the time and we had the money to just pay you full time to do what you do for us volunteering. I was like, gee, gosh, that sounds nice. And, uh, and that's exactly what ended up happening. And so I think that the first thing is definitely um taking on um, interns and taking on sort of mentees into the process is totally, totally a new thing to me. You know, um, I'm still not, I would say, perfect at it. I'm not the world's best teacher, but uh, that is one of the things that moving forward, definitely, I want, I want it to be more of a, a communal opportunity for people in our in our theater who are excited about creating art to, to contribute, you know, and, and whether that means learning through me or, or artists who are definitely better than me, but have just never painted in a set scale before, you know, getting involved in like, I, I think that I'm finally secure enough in myself that I can, you know, act as, as, as more of a manager for people who want to do a little bit more of what I do and not feel like I am, just selling myself away. Um, but I think that I, I think that I really have been thinking more like like that is the first real evolution. Um, that and directing, which is sort of in the same ballpark, I think, which is like, you know, having responsibility, being in charge of people, being in charge of the vision of a show instead of just one small part of it. Taking on more responsibility and having sort of like being a step up sort of in charge of others is definitely the biggest change. But I, I'm, I'm excited to take that further and go go further with it, you know, because I'm realizing now that I do have power 
or at least the power to use my skills to enhance the theater, make it better, you know, throw ideas out, <laughs> throw ideas out to you guys that that I'm excited about and make sense and, and take us to different places. I don't know what those are yet, um, but I'm I'm excited to really start coming back knowing that, I think, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How have you grown as like a visual artist since you've been working at CTC? And like, I, I see you as like, you kind of work in multiple different like mediums in sure. the designing and I like the primary artistic design that we see a lot is the posters and the sets. So yeah. like, how has that evolved over time with you? So, Definitely with the posters, especially. Uh, I've never really had any formal graphic design education, you know. Uh, I, I don't, especially in the beginning, I did not know the rules of what I was doing. Um, I, I, there are so, so many little rules when it comes to, to to graphic design work that don't make any sense and and things that do make sense and and rules that you have to break and and I think learning those things and really incorporating those things into my work in a in a in, in a more rich way I mean you can see the progression I think of what I've done of just <laughs> looking up the posters in the lobby which I need to finish scanning and then actually physically put back up in the lobby but I, I can see where I started in a literal line of that was the first one I ever made in, you know, 2012 or, or whatever. And, and this was the first one that I made when I started working full time. And, and, and this is where I learned to do this specific trick because I was stuck and watched a tutorial one morning and then learned six different things. And now all of a sudden, you know, the next six posters all have that sort of same vibe in them. So it's it's just really a slow process of of getting a little bit better and a little bit faster too and a little more organized and 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 I think with this with the set design is harder and weirder I I don't feel like I've learned as much or I've really gotten an opportunity to experiment as much or grow as much as I would like to because the way that the way that we operate is we only have so much money as a small theater to buy materials, use the materials that we've been using, uh, get so many colors of paint. And there is less sort of adventure in the construction than I think that I originally envisioned when I'm like, oh, the set should be this. And it's like, it, it has to be pared down a lot to what's actually feasible. Um, and I think that in a lot of ways that puts me sort of, that has kept me simmering in the same skills. I've gotten better and faster at the things that I do within that skill set. But I think coming back, I'm excited to find ways to expand what I do and evolve while working within the same limitations that we've already always had, you know? And, and, and to find ways that are unique and different to work around that. And I've never really either had the time to like find new inventive ways to build a set with what we have because 
the process that we have works, you know, <laughs> painting the set and building it, it works. It's never not work. We've had to do a little bit of construction here and there and a little troubleshooting, but it works. And I think that now that I've had a little bit of time to reflect sort of at home by myself for a year and just sit around having ideas, I wonder if I could do this, <laughs> you know? Um, so getting an opportunity to come back and push myself within my limitations a little bit more in order to grow um, beyond what I already have. And I really feel myself sort of staying in this space. So I, I, uh, I don't know. So once again, rambling a lot based on <laughs> one question. I am so excited to just have conversations that I've got thoughts and feelings that I want to share them. I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what, like the point of this. And like, I, it's like my natural, uh, a lot of these so far I'm doing like interviewish type things and like I don't know like my style my personality is just to listen so I'd rather just hear what you have to yeah. say like why not that's why cool. I did you come talk like I love I love to hear different people's like artistic process and I never thought of the the differences between the the graphic design and the set design and that like one's like concrete with very specific limitations and one mm -hmm. kind of just as much as you know your imagination and as long as you once you learn the skills and the rules you can kind of go as far as you want to go with it so that's like kind of an yeah. interesting yeah I mean benefits, I guess it is that's I, I mean the the biggest benefit of working digitally in any way is you basically have unlimited materials mm -hmm. and you're not going to make a mess yeah but it's not as fun <laughs> right <laughs> it's not as fun and it's not as it's difficult because there is so much of like art that comes from how you hold your brush, how much pressure you use. And, you know, I've got like a like a, one of those big sort of drawing tablets plugged in my computer, but it's still not the, the same as putting a brush paper. You know, you have less control that it's there is a disconnect, a digital disconnect. Plus, it it's just like. um it's just like you know you hear like digital music and it doesn't have like twangy dirt and like out of you can't it can't be out of tune it can't you know you can't you can't replicate the sound of a guitar having a kind tiny crack in it that affects the sound digitally you know that's sort of the same thing that is with art you know when you're when I'm painting the set I'm painting over a thousand layers of paint that has already been on it on top of you know, uh, a piece of plywood or or the floor masonite that's got grit and texture and that affects the way that the paint flows. And I change what I do. But when you're just working on flat sort of imaginary pixel canvas, there's there's a difficulty in it that you don't think about because the cleanness doesn't hide any of your sins. You know, you can kind of get away with with being sloppy and dirty, if you're already working on like a sloppy, dirty sort of textured canvas that is the walls, you know? Um, and like texture, it looks good on texture, but when you take away all the texture, it's like, this isn't as art much as the other thing. I don't know. So but so there, there's, there's limitations and there are advantages to both. Yeah, I was gonna ask you like which one you kind of like better. And like when you, do you have a lot of time to create your own art like outside of the theater and like what type of what stuff do you like to do if you have the time? Uh, so yes and no. When we were pre-pandemic and things were pretty 
you know, in high swing, uh, running the machine at the theater. I didn't have a lot of time to do to do much work outside. Um, and I didn't really want to because because it's like when when your job is is painting, you know, is 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 or or design or whatever, it's not always as fun and therapeutic to go home and do more of it as it is to just do something completely different. Um, over the past year, though, definitely, and having like no other projects, I've I've been doing a lot of different stuff. Um, I've been I've been working on like physical painting skills, and I've been I've been working a lot more on digital design, and I, I'm I'm working on 3D digital design and, and and animation, which is cool. And really, it's like it's less about like really being inspired to make emotional pieces and more just like I'm a skill junkie and I like learning new skills um so so the, the thrill is in the creation for me and it's not always it, it, it's 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 not all the end, the end product that I'm trying to make but like the the learning process that I'm really excited about and a lot of the times I just try to finagle the things that I want to learn or the new tool that I need to get into whatever I need to do for the theater. Like, hmm, this seems like a perfect opportunity to, for, oh, you need to build a prop. I, I guess I'm going to have to, I guess I'm going to have to buy that tool that I'm going to need because that would be perfect. And I, I sort of find a way to shoehorn my own special interests into my job. And that's worked super well forever. Um, and it's not like, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. It's, it's good. It's fun. I love what I do and I love creating. And sometimes, sometimes it's really difficult. And sometimes I have a long stretch of boring stuff to do instead of the fun, exciting stuff. You're like, oh, everybody needs new business cards. <laughs> oh no. And everybody does need new business cards, you know? And, and I, really, it, uh, Business cards are so hard because you have to fit so much information into such a little tiny area. And then and then it's got to be the perfect sort of balance between minimalism and excitement and readability and sizes. And it's just snippicky and stupid. Um, but that's not what you asked me. You asked me about the art that I make. But no, I'm I getting that's to, I, I, I'm like, I'm I, I, still learning about everything. Thing, especially stuff that I don't really know about at all and so I think it's super interesting to know that <laughs> business cards are really hard to design I know I, I <laughs> it's like and, and it's like compared to compared to an enormous mural that's just a landscape which most people would look at and say I could never you know for me it's like it's Organic shapes are really forgiving and wonderful. And as soon as you start adding text and rules, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So so that's sort of like the, the, the necessary evil of doing a lot of stuff. It's like posters are fun until I have to start making the words. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, then, and then that's not always true. And I, I'm trying to find a way to be better about incorporating text as part of the art. But my handwriting is so bad. And <laughs> oh, God. That's so interesting. I was going to ask you about like 
I remember, I think it was like last year at some point, you said something, it was just in passing, you said something about that you were interested in creating work that lasted longer. Yeah. And that stuck with me because I, I, I didn't realize that so much of what you make just literally gets either thrown away or destroyed or painted over. Yeah. Like the gorgeous stuff you made, it's like smashed, gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> happens a lot. Uh, what you, how does that feel when you have this beautiful art that you made and it's just like gets thrown away? Uh, it's it's re it's made it difficult for me to to develop a real sort of emotional attachment to my art. You know, I, I was I was saying just a, a minute ago that the that the emotional end product isn't really what I'm looking for when I'm creating art, and it's the the process that's fulfilling to me. Um, but I think that part of the reason why that is is because I've needed to create sort of an emotional separation between the work that I do and me, you know, because um, sometimes, sometimes there are especially sets. Sets get painted over and destroyed more than anything else, you know, um, and and posters get torn down and replaced with new ones, but they're 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 meant to be a printed thing. There's still a there's still a, a real physical representation to it. But sets, you know, photograph the set doesn't really capture the justice of being in the space. Um, and once the space doesn't exist anymore, it doesn't exist anymore. But but I find that there's sort of a poignancy in that and uh, a, a, an emotional life of its own, you know, because I, I sometimes, on the opposite side of the coin of, from not having an emotional attachment, I I do, I do have an emotional attachment. I just think about it differently because just like, You've been in a show. I mean, you're an, an, an actor and a director, and a, a show as 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 all of the pieces together takes on a life of its own. And part of the importance of that life is being born and dying, and not existing anymore when the when the show is over and when the when the cast is dispersed. And even if you were to get together the exact same cast with the exact same set and the same designers five years down the road, 10 years down the road, it's a completely different show. You're changed people. And I like to think that because the set itself also has this sort of expiration date, much like the, the show gets to live and die and because of that has its own life, the set also gets to live and die and and then rebirth something from it and and because of that sort of has its own emotional life and and that seems it seems fulfilling to me you know and it's for a purpose it's not just something that I've made and decided I didn't like and destroyed or something that I've made that was meant to be kept that got destroyed that would be that would be different I'm creating work that is meant to be destroyed. I wonder. And I know that. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's something. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. You talk about the emotional, like, 
uh, it's hard though you have to yeah, you have to separate yourself because i think like for an actor that's just something we're used to like you're in the mm -hmm. show and it's there for a moment in time and then it's gone forever but art mm -hmm. is supposed to be a tangible thing the visual art is supposed to be a tangible thing and it is a tangible thing it's just right it has a specific time that it's useful but i think that's also gives it life because it has a very specific life when it's in yeah. you rather than something that is put on a shelf or put on a display for a long time um that's great too but it doesn't have its own unique life in the same way so it's it's kind of like one of the big burning man sculptures you know like so many artists spend so many hundreds of hours building these enormous elaborate wooden pieces specifically to burn them into the ground mm -hmm. you know and it's like it's not exactly the same it's maybe a slower burn to the ground but it is sort of that 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 ritual too of people interacting with the space and seeing the space and having it be a part of something larger yeah i wonder um kind of switching gears a little bit um i think people are really fascinated by the art that you create for the theater um the sure. posters and the sets and even a lot of the digital work that you've done um for us um in like the, the virtual season like people are really mm -hmm. really fascinated by all that and i wonder if um if there's ever been a, a piece that you've made that you thought was really awesome that that people didn't quite respond to it as well, or like the opposite, that people flipped over and you were like, this is like fine. <laughs> okay. I I think that I think it's probably it's probably more the second that happens. I'm very critical of my own work. You know, there are gen generally, if I'm excited about a piece that I've made, you know, it's pretty cool. I, or at least in my mind, it's pretty cool um but yeah I, I definitely i definitely find people reacting positively to work that i didn't really think they would or you know uh, put a lot not a lot of effort into but like i like um like the father poster from a few years ago right was was um was a piece that I was happy with. I was like really, I thought it was really cool and I was happy to put it out there. But there were a lot of people who were like, that was my favorite poster from the whole of that your season. It's like, cool, all right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, um, it's interesting you know, how it like, I, hits people. Like you never know how things are gonna hit people. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's interesting too because there are, there's definitely, and I, I bet, yeah, I can think of instances where I think uh, the, the the one time I, sometimes, sometimes people will be like, oh, the Contemporary Theater Company, I know them. And it's like, oh, you've been to a show? It's like, yeah, I really loved everything they've ever done. Except I saw a Christmas show one year that I didn't particularly care for. In the back of my mind, it was like, you saw Mrs. Bob Cratchit's Wild Christmas Twinge, and I think it was the year that I directed. Oh my God. <laughs> I just, and every single time it is, I was like, did it happen to be like a sort of, like a, like a Bob Cratchit thing with like a woman pulling her fish? And they're like, yeah, that's the one I didn't take that. I was like, that was my baby. <laughs> that was me. And I understand. I get it. 
It's so, I mean, directing is such a complicated, like, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of factors involved with that. Yeah, yeah, there's, and, and, and that was probably, I think, one of the earliest shows I ever directed, and definitely the first time I was working with children, and I, I, and it was like a musical, and I, and I am not qualified to handle that, and it was, yeah and it's just you know the show itself is not for everybody Mm -hmm. the show itself is not for everybody an acquired taste taste. and I really really leaned into that acquired taste (laughs) that would offer some strong umami flavors in that show (laughs) Um, uh, and then some people loved it yeah right you know sometimes and then some people loved it every time yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are like, oh, my niece was in that show. It was like, it's my favorite show you guys have ever done. <laughs> okay. That's great. Uh, you know, and 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 that's, once again, also not exactly what you were asking about. And also maybe not, you know, the best, the best thing you'd be talking about. But it is true in terms hey, of, like, you know, not being crazy about work. But, you know. Like we try our best and we try our best. It happens. Sometimes the show like it doesn't quite come out the way you want it to, or you um it just you know, <laughs> you just try your best. That's all you can. There's a lot of factors at play. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And like I said, some people loved it. Um, it was a strong show. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um yeah. Was there, is there like a favorite piece that you've made like for the theater or a favorite set or a favorite poster? I love the Hamlet set. Um, I, I, I was going to bring it up, but I was like, maybe that's just my favorite. I'll let her say what her favorite is. <laughs> oh no, that was, that was a lot of work and it was beautiful and I love doing it. Uh, I was very, very, very proud of all of the puppets that I did for Little Shop Mm. at the time. Looking back, I would love to someday have an opportunity to design that show again, knowing a little bit more of what I know now Mm. and spending a little bit more time on some things, especially uh, like safety measures. Um, it was from sharp puppets. Um, what else? What is, what, what was I really, 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 really into? The Peter and the Starcatcher set was so lovely. I loved that. It was, oh, and Macbeth. Oh, the Mac, everything for Macbeth. The set for Macbeth, the faces for Macbeth. Can you talk a little bit about how you, because people may not be aware, like Rebecca, you, she designs the sets, um, pretty much every set, but like some, if there's like quirky, like very quirky props that need to be made, a lot right. of times Rebecca that makes them. And in the, for Macbeth, you made the witch's faces. Yep, I made the witch's faces and um, they were basically made out of jello. So I took this styrofoam head, I took some clay, I, um, there were a bunch of different ones. There was the the sort of the pieces that all of the witches had stuck on our faces throughout the whole show, which made us look like these weird reptilian bug swamp creatures. And the whole play was sort of like all of the side characters 
are played by the witches who have at some point kidnapped a real human being, cut off their face, eaten their body, and now use the faces of their victims as disguises. So I, I made these, I sculpted these faces, these like different ones, like the old man and, 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 and Satan and the goose face messenger boy and whatever, and, uh, and, and made them out of plaster, um, these, these molds. And I would make this disgusting flesh colored and blood colored gelatin every night before the show, because they got destroyed and they would melt because they were fleshy and made of jello. And I would pour all this thick sludgy jello mixture in these masks and roll it around and put them in the freezer and then do the blood layer and I would have to like rip the eyes out first to make it bloody and we would just slap these 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 thick jelloey mask faces on our faces and Sophie was braver than all of us because that girl ate her lip almost every single night in one scene <laughs> you could eat it Right, but I would try to like save and recycle as much as I could throughout as much of the process because you need a lot of gelatin and it got expensive after a while. And you know, you don't want to be spending $20 a night on jello and you can make it last for a while if you care for it. But like, you know, every night Sophie would just, and it was like cornstarch to help make it a little more opaque and a little like stickier and she would just rip it off. It's gross. It was awesome. But the whole set was. There was a catwalk. Every inch of the theater was painted with this huge sight. This like, oh, it was it was awesome. And it was one of the I, it, it was it was a set that I had done before I was working there full time. It was like, you know, it, it was just I was in college and just volunteering and coming home every night after classes uh, and after rehearsals and just painting the theater for as long as I could and waking up in the morning and. and <laughs> try to try to survive and then and then going back and going to rehearsal and it's hard it's a it's a hard hard thing and I I'd like to you know the 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 days of staying up till like three or four in the morning painting sets are not totally behind me but they're way more behind me than they were Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my god that was that was uh what let's hope those days are are behind you Oh my God! Um, for the most part, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to paint a set, you know. Yep. Um, I mean, it's so intricate. It's like some things, like I've seen you try to teach people, and like I think even with maybe the Macbeth one, there was like mm-hmm. a lot of like sort of um, like a technique that you could teach quickly that people would just like repeat, and yeah. so you could get help to do it. But something like Hamlet, like you can't teach somebody to do that. <laughs> you just have to be really doing much. it and it's it's difficult too because a lot of my process is very intuitive and I'm I'm trying my best to figure out how to break it down in the best way that I can to figure out what do I actually do you know because because I for for such a long time I was just running on autopilot and it's like you paint the set by painting it mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's and it's really just recently, like I said, since I've had to start teaching people a little bit more seriously, that I've been able to break down what the what the real process is and what the steps are, um, and say, okay, this is something that's fairly easy that I can teach to people. You know, level level zero stuff is painting the wall a flat color. Level level one is is 
you know, mixing two colors together in a way and, and level three is, is, you know, harder and, and nobody does over level three, but me, and maybe there's six levels, but whatever. Um, but what's difficult is that when you start getting more artists together to paint a set, every single individual artist is going to bring some element of their own flavor and their own technique and their own intuitive process into what they're doing. So even if it's something as simple as saying, this is, you know, scumbling, it's just mixing two colors together, you know, just put some here, put some here, mix it together. Turns out that every single person alive does that slightly differently. Mm. Uh, even if the instructions are exactly the same, I mean, art is so subjective and people feel more comfortable. Even just the way people hold their brushes and move their arms and move their bodies have such an effect on the way things look. And the more artists that you have helping, there, there starts to get sort of this, this weird, disjointedness about it and and for such a long time that was part of why I was having such a difficulty sort of letting other people in and helping with the sets because because even if we were doing the exact same technique you know it's like but it looks so different on this path to this half mm -hmm. um and I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to get around that problem, but uh, but yeah, like that that like the Macbethish thing and 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 having people help, you know, I can look at it and be like, hmm, I bet you nobody in the audience is going to realize that this looks like six different species of wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I and I think that. I think that once I figure out my process and I'm a little bit more clear too, I can figure out like, oh, when I do wood grain, I actually do it directionally from step one. And that's why mine looks different from yours. Okay, that's good. That's the thing I can teach to somebody else. That's the thing I can say like, ah, uh, yes, there's the light bulb. That's what I've been missing saying to you. Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that's all part of the process. I think that's something we all... Yeah that are working at the theater is like, we're all kind of learning our own way of doing it. And then the yeah. next step is is teaching the next generation how to do it. Cause I think that's part of what we all value at CTC too, is like helping the next generation learn what we've learned. So. Right, and, it, and, it's, and it's not just that, but valuing what people's skills already are instead of trying to change them, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and I think that that's, you know, like that's that's kind of a way around it. It's like, oh yeah, you really love doing wood grain. We're gonna have you do all of it on this side, or mm -hmm. you know, have the interns start, and then I can match what they were doing a little bit as I go on because I I'm better at sort of matching than they are. As long as I'm keeping track of what's going on, I can do a better job or whatever. I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be a little bit more. Um, in 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 charge of a department instead of just a one man band. Yeah, yeah, in that's, whole different, whole different that's the hope going forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Well, I'm going to say that's been great talking to you. I love learning yeah. about your process and how you think about your art. And I can't wait to be in the same room with you eventually. I can't wait to be in the same room with you. Hey, Tammy, is anybody doing one of these for you? Uh, you know, maybe, I don't know. Um, I feel like I've been talking to people a lot, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've been hearing so many of your, you know, things that you're planning on and excited for moving forward, but like, I would love to hear a little bit more of your autistic process. But yeah, you have been giving a lot of interviews lately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot. No, I, love it. I love it. I love um, talking to artists about their art and I love talking about it. So if you give me an opportunity, I'll talk about it all day. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I appreciate you sitting down with me, taking some time out of your day when you're supposed to be designing other stuff for us. <laughs> and I say, go yeah, you know. to me about how you design stuff. Um, but it's been great. I miss you. I yeah. miss working with you. And um, I'll see you sometime. I mean, I'm seeing you right now, but in person, probably. <laughs> like, soon. for real. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, Tammy Brown. You are so wonderful. I love you. And it's been a pleasure talking to you today. I love you. And I hope you have a good day. You too. <laughs> Bye.